You know the feeling. The one where you feel like you've just won the lottery, but it's really something simple. It's like opening the refrigerator and seeing that your mom bought your favorite juice. (laughs) It's like Christmas morning, ripping open the box and seeing the video game system you've lusted after for months. It's like being led into a room with your eyes closed and hearing everybody yell, surprise! Well... Not so much on that last one because that that can scare the bees knees out of you. (laughs) What am I talking about? I'm talking about that feeling you get when you finally feel like you have it figured out. When you found the thing that makes you happy. When you realize that the thing that has always come naturally is your purpose. What's that thing for you? What's that thing you do so well? It's as natural as, well, breathing. Let's talk about it. We talking about leadership, communication, public speaking, storytelling, motivation. And if you listen, you can speak out to the nation. If you think about it, life is your own creation. RK3 is the show. He speaks with confidence. He speaks with that flow. And you should already know how it goes. They're rolling with a pro. The RK3 Show. Hey, y'all, it's the RK3 Show. It's your boy, Robert Kennedy III. RK3, that's me, the place to be. (laughs) I haven't said that in a while. It's your boy. (laughs) Anywho, let's go. This is episode 72. Y'all, can I be honest? I've never been able to say that for any of my four podcasts. 72 episodes. That's crazy. That's, That's awesome. Yes. I've had four podcasts. My first one was called What Success Looks Like. I had some great interviews and episodes there and met some really cool people like Tom Ziegler and Chris Brogan. The next podcast was called Purpose, Power, and Profit, the 3P Success Sessions. Yeah, that was a little bit of a tongue twister. (laughs) And then I started a leadership podcast, the Leading with Purpose podcast. But then I found out some other people had podcasts by the same name or... Similar names, and I got upset and I stopped. No, I'm playing. That was that wasn't it. I just I just literally wore down because I didn't have my productivity stuff together. So now here we are, the RK3 show, 72 episodes in. This is awesome. Let me ask you, do you do you have awesome happening in your life right now? <laughs> if if not, it's time to find some awesome. And when you do, I want you to tell me about it. Head on over to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail and leave me a love note. I'll play it on the show. I promise. Okay. That's robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail and leave me, leave me something. I want to hear from you. All right. I just want to remind you to head back to some of our recent episodes with Brian Dixon and Brian Mitchell, formerly of the Washington, uh, the Washington football team. Yeah, that's a mouthful. They've, they've got to find a better name. <laughs> you can also go back and listen to New York Knicks assistant coach Lisa Willis, uh, public speaking champ Aaron Beverly, and more. And don't forget, once you finish your binge, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you, le- you listen to podcasts to leave a review. That helps us hit more ears, people, and we like hitting ears. Let's get into the show for today. My guest is Karen Donaldson. She's a celebrity communication, body language, and certified confidence coach, senior executive public speaking coach, and international speaker. 
Many of her clients call her the communication and confidence disruptor. She's also an award-winning, three-time best-selling author of the book, Speak Like You Breathe, 30 Lessons to Become a Naturally Confident Speaker, Living a Life with No Excuses, and Speak Like You Breathe, Straight Talk to Say What You Mean, Be Heard, and Get Noticed. Karen has discovered that thing that she does naturally, like as easily as she breathes. Let's talk about it. Karen, what's happening? Hey, good morning, afternoon. Not too sure, but thanks so much for having me, Robert. (laughs) It's daytime. It's daytime. How about that? You got it. Wonderful day to you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, I love that. What what you do and what you speak about. I mean, if people could see, they could see the the branding, the fur, just the ambiance that you present right now. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you knew that this thing that you do now, this storytelling, public speaking, how did how did you land on that? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I think it, it kind of found me. So from a, a young age, I am the chatterbox in the family. And I was always told to be quiet and stop talking so much. And no one asked you that. That was me. I, I am that child and I still am that person. But how did I know public speaking was my jam? Um, in short, let me tell you a little bit about my story. Yeah. I was a young high school mom. And I'm from Toronto, Canada, as you alluded to, up north. And my last year of high school, I became pregnant. And I also received a full scholarship to a university or you guys call it college in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And at that time, prior to me finding out that I was pregnant, I, you know, I was, I was great at school. I was an AB student, had a lot of friends, had a good re- relationship with all the teachers. And when I found out and I came back to school and other people found out I was pregnant, they treated me like I had the plague, Ooh. lost all my friends aside from four. Wow. All the teachers lost faith in me. Family didn't want to talk to me outside of my mother and immediate family. And, you know, Robert, it was tough for a good couple of months. But there's one day I was walking home and I saw myself in the bus shelter. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, Karen, you're allowing the words of others to define you. And you are still that amazing young person you were prior to you being pregnant. Exactly. And you are not diseased. You're not contagious. And if they want to choose to think that of you, that's their choice. Yeah. But... You also have a choice as to what you think about yourself. Wow. So, Robert, I went back to my, my school with my head on strong. And that year, I graduated as a valedictorian. The pre- I received the President's Award and the Athletic Award, although I was eight months pregnant at that time. Wow. Because I started to walk in my worth. I knew who I was. You could choose who you think I was, but I knew who I was. And wow. that year, moving forward, everyone who saw me as far as teachers, they invited me out to speak at high schools. Then it moved on to universities. Then it moved on to leadership retreats. Then it moved on to, you know, one-on-one coaching to co- with corporations and CEOs and celebrities and things like that. So yeah. it was kind of handed to me. It was something I didn't know could be an asset because yeah. I was a chatterbox. But now this is exactly what I do. I work with people and I love it. It's me. So I'm just awesome. walking in my worth right now. So based on that story and, and, and that, that pivotal moment in your life, how do young ladies, especially maybe those who are struggling with self-esteem, self-image challenges, how do they connect or how do they respond to you now in your story? They, you know, it's just a, a connector. It's, it's, I always say as speakers, we need to be relatable. Mm-hmm. And being relatable means being you. They love to hear my story because... Whether you're pregnant or not, we've all had hardship. I don't care if your parents were billionaires. You've had some type of hardship. But when they see that 
someone has experienced a hardship that was similar in some capacity, but it did not stop them. Yeah. They start to see themselves in you. And then they start to believe they, they know that it's possible to, that it can happen. But what happens is this. They now realize that it's possible for them too. And when you realize that something is possible for you too, not just anyone else, but you too, then you start to move. I've been speaking for over 20 years and wow. I can't tell you the amount of times I'm in a mall, I'm in a store and someone says, Karen, they're like, you don't remember me, do you? And I may have coached <laughs> this person 14 years ago or yeah. been speaking in front of an audience like 10 years ago. And they're like, I was sitting in blah, 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 blah. And you changed my whole life. I still get those messages. Wow. Not wow. only from young women, because I did a lot of speaking to, you know, female groups and, and young men and things like that, but just adults who've seen me on stage and they come up to me and they said that one thing that you said. Yeah. So it's such a, a wonderful feeling. A yeah. wonderful so so feeling. let's let's lean into that feeling for a second. I, I think when people ask about public speaking and, and they talk about it being the number one fear ahead of death <laughs> and all of those <laughs> different things, people, the response is normally that fear is the reason why people shy away from public speaking. But I want to go a little bit deeper. What makes public speaking really so hard for people? Here's the thing, and this is relative to a lot of things that we do, not just public speaking, because that fear is, that's BS. I'd rather be dead. I don't even take that on. So here's what it truly is, or my belief and what I share with my clients and what I coach them through is they're hyper-focused on being judged by others. It's the judgment factor. That's good. And we go, they go into the, what if I don't fit in? You know, what if I look stupid? What if I mess up? And, and we have conversations around, let's remove, you can keep the what if, but let's flip it. Like, what if it does go good? What if you are able to transform or touch one person in the audience? Yeah. What if you realize that your voice is worthy? What if it's not being right or wrong? And, and then we start to have a conversation around, you have to stop being attached to that end outcome happening in a negative fashion and be committed yeah. to speaking up and sharing what you do know. So the focus is on the commitment to show up in a large way, knowing that you can affect change or affect people in the audience, in wow. the group, on I your team. I love that, the reframe. And a, a lot of times we, we go into situations thinking about the negative that could happen, but you're telling them to reframe. And what if these sure. positive, amazing things happen? So we think about public speaking, um, as something that people do for a career, maybe, or if you have to speak at a graduation, that, that, that's kind of the frame that we think about public speaking in. But what about uh, just, let's look at it from the lens of communication mm-hmm. as a whole. How do we apply some of the things that you teach, some of the methods that you teach just to communication, especially in a, in a corporate setting? Indeed, that's a really good question. And when you talk about a corporate se- setting, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. the first piece is owning that your voice matters. Yeah. And whether you are the CEO or you're a, a powerful employee, because I think everyone's just as important and your title has nothing to do with it. Your opinion, your thought, your voice is worthy to be heard. And it has nothing to do with the amount of zeros you have before that dollar sign in your account. And that's what we always often associate things with. Well, he or she gets paid more. No, it's that, that realization that what you say, what you have to say needs to be heard and you taking that ownership back. So when we talk about that confidence, 
everyone needs to ask themselves this one question. And most people have never asked mm-hmm. themselves this question. What do I believe to be true about me? Wow. And wow. if you have never asked yourself that one question, what do I believe to be true about Karen? And you insert your name there. That means your belief system has been influenced by everything and everyone around you. Yeah. It's about yeah. making the choice to choose. Yeah. And once I believe for myself and know that, you know, I'm worthy, I'm a good person, I'm a good friend, I know I work in this environment, I know about stats or whatever your role is, and I'm going to share what I know and you leave it at that, and your commitment is to sharing it, that's how we can start to share our voice with others, no matter the setting. Yeah, no so I'm going, to put, I'm going to put you on the spot here for just a second, just from a memory perspective. You mentioned CEOs, you mentioned executives. Yes. And a lot of times people don't see them as people who have confidence challenges or challenges with speaking, etc. Can you share with us maybe an experience that you've had with an executive, a CEO, a high-ranking business leader, and as it relates to speaking or confidence? Oh, indeed. You know, for some people, confidence is a perception. And my whole role when I work with individuals, whether it be a COO, CFO, CEO, is to change it from a perception to a reality. Because Mm -hmm. what you might see is they look so confident. And when I'm usually called in to work with them, and I'll give you an example, a quick story. There's one time was probably uh easily a thousand square feet right his office alone and a bathroom that looked like a suite and i can't say the name of the organization mm-hmm. but, but nonetheless on the top of their their building that they owned was a helicopter pad right summer home kids that type of thing wow. and based on appearance you're thinking that this person has it all and their confidence is sky high Mm-hmm. Now, when I went to work with them, what I realized and brought their attention is they had this huge fear of judgment and fitting in. And their confidence that everyone thought was here was close to none. Wow. And they were living the life of, of someone else. And what I mean is this. We often hear the term, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I say, I call that BS all the time. I don't want you to fake it until you make it. I want you to walk in your worth and know that you know some things and you don't know some things. Yeah. Let's work on and talk and walk in what you know and support yourself and find supports to work on the areas that you're not as strong in. There's no need to fake it because yeah. then you're presenting someone else to everyone around you, right? Yeah. I would rather you judge me for Karen with, you know, I wear a lot of jewelry. I love jewelry no matter where I go. Karen, the one who talks a lot. I'd rather you know me for me. So that's the work that we needed to do. And you wouldn't believe if I told you who the person was mm-hmm. and I can't, but yeah. Change it from a perception to your reality, yeah. right? So, so, let, so let's talk about it from a positioning standpoint. Why did they call you? Why, did, why would an executive of, and I'm going to make up a number, an executive of a $50 million company, right? Call Karen Donaldson in to, to, to say, hey, can you coach me on this? How did you set that up? <laughs> this is a fun question. Let me tell you yeah. what happened. So my last, I've had two full-time jobs in my lifetime. And my, sorry, three. My last one, I was a senior partnership specialist. And I, I traveled across Canada on behalf of the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Ontario. Mm-hmm. Now, I worked with COOs and CEOs. And I used to accept awards on behalf of the foundation, deliver workshops, keynotes. I spoke and the CEO from another organization saw me speak and Mm. he came up to me and he said, Karen, who has a foundation, my organization hired to make you speak like that? 
And I said, no one. And he's like, no, no, no. Who do they hire <laughs> because I need to work with them? And then yeah. that time I told him that I've been speaking for at that time over 10 years wow. and it's been experienced knowing how to connect with people, how to engage, how to be relatable. And what happened was he hired me on the spot. Wow. And Robert, what happened from there, it literally is, was his peers who saw him speak mm. and show up better and ask, okay, who did it? And from there, I got calls from COOs, CEOs, politicians, uh, celebrities. Right now, that side of my business is literally word of mouth or when electoral candidates need support in certain areas, crisis yeah. communications, that type of stuff, they know who to call. So that's how it was born. That, that was wow. literally it. It found me and... I'm based on referral. And yeah. the, the funny thing is, is when I walk in the office, they don't expect to see me. Right. So <laughs> it's so much fun. I have stories for days, but I wouldn't even go yeah. that far. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 show. Have you ever wondered why some people are able to be remembered so easily? Have you ever thought about why they are associated with certain experiences? Well, it's because they repeat those experiences regularly. They have what is called a signature story. And guess what? You have one too. You might not know how to find it or tell it yet, but you have one. Here's what I want you to do. Sign up for my free five-day email course and learn how to discover your signature story so that you can tell it, create impact, improve your influence, and even enhance your brand. Sign up for the five-day signature story email course. Check the show notes for the link. And now, back to the show. So, so you just mentioned just how you connected with an audience, some techniques that you maybe just use naturally. And you've got this book called How to Speak Like You Breathe or, you or Speak Like You Breathe, right? You what are some of the steps that we can use to really come across naturally and also connect with our audience so much so that people will come up to us after and say, oh my gosh, I've got to work with you. Right. There's two things that you want to focus on. The first one is this. We need to stop demanding people's attention. We have to stop focusing on this word. I want to persuade them to like me and persuade them to X, Y, Z. That's the first thing. And you're going to move from persuasion and demanding people's attention. And you want to compel people to listen. Yeah. And you do that by being relatable. Be yourself. They want to know before anything that you're human. Mm -hmm. Right? That you're just like them. So find that similarity, similar ground and share it. The other one is... Listen more than you talk. Right. Now, this is not necessarily from stage. Listen <laughs> more than you talk, right? That is the essence of a good communicator. And the big piece here is listen without judgment. You know, have you ever been in a situation and someone's speaking to you, but as they speak, you're formulating an answer to what they're saying even before they're finished answering the question? Wow, wow. <laughs> we often have that. So you really want to work on listening without judgment. And the last piece that I want to touch on is when you speak with people, I don't use the word speaking at people or to people mm. speaking with them, include we. Use terms like us instead of saying me and you and I and you. Be inclusive during your conversation. Then they feel like a part of something and you want people to feel like a part of whatever you're doing and whatever you're speaking about. Right. That, that's, that, that's awesome. People don't think about some of those just subtle, small tweaks to our language and the difference that it makes in the connection and, and the communication. So you've been talking to us about 
how to be a, a connected and effective speaker. And I use the word effective, but, but I want you to take us a little bit deeper. I mean, you see people on stage, you see them deliver a, to- a talk, you see them share a story and people say, yep, good job. That was great. But if I want to get to that next level, if I want to get to that level where people are like, oh my gosh, I need you to come home with me and sit around my dinner table. I want to invite you <laughs> somewhere. What is that next level and how do I get there? The, the first one is, as I shared before, be relatable and be human. Yeah. And the next big piece I want to touch on is we know that when we talk about communication, people think of verbal communication. Mm. There is a big aspect that not many people touch on, and it's the nonverbal communication. Your body language is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And you can compel people to want to listen to you or compel people to listen to you through the use of effective body language cues. Mm -hmm. And so when I work with a lot of my clients, that's the one piece we lay just as much time or we spend just as much time in outside Mm -hmm. of just the verbal communication. So it's really owning and mastering body language cues that have you showing up with more power using body language cues that, that, allow people to feel like a part of whatever you're doing and staying away from body language cues that make you seem superior. No one wants someone superior in front of them. No one wants to sit and listen to a know-it-all. So it comes down to open and closed body language and also knowing how to read other people's body language. So you can read the room at any given time and adjust and make little tweaks to ensure that you're maintaining people's attention and you're truly connecting with them. Give us one simple body language tip that allows you to win in relationships. Absolutely. So one of those tips is this. When you are standing, we'll just say the easy example of standing, when you hold your hand and speak with your hands, you want your palms to more than often face up, especially when you're speaking about something positive, right? So to someone who's watching on a subconscious level, they feel like a part of what you're saying they see and feel inclusivity and what the palms upward. And sometimes people call it a Jesus pose. Right. (laughs) It it says transparency and honesty. What you want to stay away from is putting your hands where your palms are facing down. So that leads to people thinking and feeling that you're saying something negative. And let me show you the concrete example of how real it is. If anyone has any young kids around them, nieces, nephews, or kids of your own, When you're speaking to them and you're saying, you know, that wasn't a good idea, please stop it. Where's your palm facing? It's down, Mm. right? It's never up. You never say, you know, that's not a good idea and your hands are up. So this is a mental cue that we've had from childhood. So it's ingrained in us. So know that when you're using hand gestures, you always want to have your palms up, right? It's inclusive and stay away from palms down. So that's a really powerful one. Even if you just focus on your hand gestures, you know, then that's a a core component of what you're saying, how you say it and how people receive what you're saying. That's awesome. Silly question. I, I don't, I don't talk about politics a lot here, but when you are in election season in, in your country, do you vote based on the body language of, <laughs> of the candidates? How does that affect you as you sit in your living room watching debates and et cetera? Oh, absolutely. I'm called in to read debates for both over here in the U.S., over there in the U.S. and over here in Canada. But absolutely, I completely, I love watching the debates because you can, body language basically tells you what the person is feeling, their true feelings inside. So yes, I do. I absolutely, it's the debates for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> awesome. So listen, we, we could sit here and as a storyteller myself, we could, we could talk about communication and, and stories and speaking all day long, but I want people to connect with you further. What is the biggest way that you help people and where can they find you online? Absolutely. You can find me in one of two places. First, my website, Karen Donaldson, Inc., inc.com. You'll find content about me if you want me to come out and speak, the training that I do. And I have two other brands where I help people get booked and paid to speak. You'll find all of that on karendonaldsoninc.com. And for those of you who are on Instagram or LinkedIn, you can find me at the real Karen Donaldson. It's a great feeling when you finally find what lights you up. And the day you find it is a day that you have an amazing story about the journey that you went on to get there. We all have a story and most of us just don't recognize it. But I want to encourage you to keep pressing, keep asking, keep being curious because you're built to make a difference for someone. Coming up in the next few episodes, we have Millennial Mastermind, Brad Mulvey. Celebrity photographer and storyteller John D'Amato and the killer pitch master herself, Precious Williams. Make sure you're subscribed so you can get notified when those episodes go live. Don't forget to leave a ranking, rating, or review for the show on any one of our podcast networks, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you listen to podcasts. Soon we'll be on Alexa. Yeah. Don't forget, you can also send me a message by going to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. That's robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. Listen, y'all, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy the Third, and you've been listening to The RKT Show.